Welcome to Pop Culture Elevator, where we can only go up until it's time to go down. I'm Danny. And I'm Mark. We're going to take you down the pop culture rabbit hole. Definitely an adventure. We will look at newer films as well as some older. We will take big blockbusters to the chopping block. And make you aware of the smaller indies and my favorite, B, C, and D films. Not just that, but we'll talk about the news, the what's going ons, and whatever in pop culture today. Now Now let's let's get get this show on the road. And if you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Gmail at popcultureelevator.com. That's right. And you can also find us at our Instagram, Pop Culture Elevator, as well as our Twitter, PCE Podcast. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. Before we get into the review, we'd like to tell you there will be spoilers. You've been warned. Right. So if you want to go watch the movie and come back to us, that would be great. All right, passengers, here we are on our uh, newest episode of Pop Culture Elevator. We are on episode 18, and we are doing this movie, Random Acts of Violence. Uh, This was a Mark pick because he is a big fan of the actress Jordana Brewster. Yes, and um, let's see. So actually, I'm more of a horror movie fan, and because I'm a Jordana Brewster, I was like, hey, let's combine the two. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So but, this is wonderful, but unfortunately, <laughs> uh, this this movie uh, it might come back to bite me. Selecting this movie might come back to bite me, but we'll find out. Yeah. So this is directed by Jay Baruchel, uh, who you'll recognize. It also written by him as well. Right. Right. Uh, you'll recognize him. He's one an actor in this movie. He plays uh, Ezra, which is like the. Uh, I don't know if you'd call him a best friend, but he put money into the comic book that the movie's kind of... Well, not the comic book the movie's based on, but the comic book that kind of starts off the movie. He uh, also was from She's Out of My League, which I actually thought was a very funny movie. Yep, very good. He was was in Goon 1 and Goon 2, but he directed Goon 2. Oh, I didn't know that. Very cool. Yeah, so the only two movies he's directed are... This one, Random Acts of Violence, and Goon Part 2. He was in Knocked Up. He was in This Is The End. And he was in How to Train Your Dragons 1 through 3, plus the television series. Yep. So And uh, also a- almost famous. <laughs> and yeah, so he's done a ton of movies. He's very he's the one that tells them where they're staying in the hotel. Like, he's a very brief role. And he's like, you he touched his pen. He touched it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You're right. He was the fan. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Wow. How that. Uh, anyway, yeah, crazy. So, Jay Baruchel, who I like a lot, yeah. uh, he was in a really funny uh, TV series, Man Seeking Woman, uh, where. He was a guy dating in the world, and but the world was full of, like, trolls and zombies and monsters and all that stuff. And so he would date, like, a mermaid or whatever, like, goofy stuff like that. It was really funny. Three seasons. Oh, my uh, God. I forgot he was in the new RoboCop. That's right. He was in RoboCop as well. Yeah. So he's got a, he's got a very good list of movies that he's been in. Uh, maybe all the movies aren't very as good, an, but as he's an actor. a good list. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I really like Jay Baruchel. So when you brought up this movie and you said, hey, man, this looks cool. Let's watch it. The trailer does look cool. It, did, it really and did. It's what hooked me in. The trailer, I was like, hey, we, we got to watch this. It looks good. And um, this is a this is one of those moments where, like, you can't judge a book by its cover. Type seriously, thing. It, re- it really is. And, and uh, you know, this is his uh, fourth attempt to go for, uh, as a writer, director, right? 
So, uh, but he's getting. Yeah, he's written a few things, better. but and he he wrote Goon as well, both Goon one and two. Yeah, he just didn't direct till the second one. Yeah. So, so and there, Jay, there are I, cool I, things about this movie. You know, uh, there there the, the tools <laughs> that they use, um, the names that they get, kind of the but uh, more so the the cinematography is pretty good, but the delivery okay. of the concept is poor. So let's, I guess let's go into plot a little bit. Uh, yeah. So this movie is is about, uh, well, it stars Jesse Williams. Mm-hmm. And Jesse Williams plays Todd, the main character. He's from Grey's Anatomy. He's from, he was the jock in Cabin in the Woods. No, no, no. He, he was the scholar. The jock oh gosh, was you're right. Thor. You're Hemsworth. right. You're right. Chris Hemsworth was the jock. I'm yeah. sorry. He was the, he was the scholar. You're correct. Um, but yeah. He was good in that. He's uh, in Detroit Become Human video game, which I absolutely love that game. So, um, I, and I see him in my house because my wife watches Grey's Anatomy. Oh, so okay. I'll sit down every so often and be like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, Jesse Williams. So he's not a bad actor. Jesse Williams does a pretty good job in the movie. You also have his girlfriend in the movie, Kathy, who's played by uh, Jordana Brewster uh-huh. from Fast and the Furious 1 through 9. And uh, she was also, I guess, in the Lethal Weapon TV series. Yeah, and also and, uh, uh, another uh, retro uh, Magnum P.I. They brought back after right. that. So. so she's got a pretty good career uh, under yeah. her belt. Like she's not – she's just one of those ones that you don't see as often as maybe like the other Fast and Furious characters like maybe Michelle Rodriguez or well, – what, um, what, I, what I really feel about this movie is that um, – and maybe I'm getting into this too early. But I feel like it's a whole bunch of people who have played supporting roles a whole lot and they're trying to get into lead roles. And, sure. I mean that that makes total sense. Uh and I thought, honestly, Jay Baruchel coming into this and making this, I thought he would have more people in it that he works with on a on a you know yearly basis. Like, you know, he's friends with Seth Rogen yeah. and James Franco and all those This Is The End guys. Uh-huh. I mean, he could have had any of them in there, which I guess maybe that shows some restraint or maybe it shows yeah. that there wasn't much of a budget to give them. Well, I just think that maybe he's trying to start his own thing, you know? So, okay. That makes sense. So, it's about this guy, Todd, who uh, has a comic called Slasher Man. And it's about this, uh, it's kind of a, not a true story, but still kind of a true story. It's about this guy that would murder people off of I-90, which is a highway in the movie. (laughs) He was never caught. um, He's never been caught. He did it. He did like uh, I don't know. They make it seem like he did something less than ten murders and then disappeared. Was it less than and ten? Then, I thought it was like less than twenty. It might have been less than twenty. It was a few murders. It was not a lot comparatively because he writes this comic book based on this guy Slasher Man that he that's the I ninety killer. Yeah. But he creates I think the first twenty whatever it might be twenty deaths were something that really happened. And then he started creating it. And the whole the whole okay. point to this is that he believes that Slasher Man or this Mer- I-90 killer did all this because he was making artwork out of the victims' bodies. They were they were he was killing them not for any other reason other than the artwork that he was making. Right. Okay. Um, so what I <clears throat> from what I gather from that plot, right? Because oh. And so Todd decides to go on a road trip to try to figure out the ending of his comic book. He's done 
like six years of this comic book or whatever it's been but, five years yeah and, it, and it's been a hard time uh, finishing it because the killer was never caught and on top of that the killer went dormant so right. um but he's made all these deaths you know like he made up all these deaths for the comic book right so right so but that's what awakens the killer uh to come back and basically essentially try to help the ending because he reads the comic book, he finds out on a radio show that this is the last uh, issue that he's going to release, but he can't figure out an ending. And so he's trying to, he's doing this tour uh, on I-90 yep. to try to figure out um, how to end his story. And so, yeah, that does, it makes the killer come back. He's like, oh, I need to help this dude. So I'm gonna come back and, and recreate some of my some of his kills that he made up for the book, right? And then I'll you know do this that and the other. So here's my issue: the movie starts off with a little boy and his mom, and he the little boy has blood on him, and you know that there's a murder happening. Yep. And just right off the bat, I don't know if he was they were trying to keep it a secret that the main character was this little boy but like right off the bat I was like okay this is what's gonna happen <laughs> and yeah, I kind yeah. of plotted out the whole movie there and not that that's always a bad thing because the ride sometimes is what's worth it you know yes. like maybe you know the ending but kind of like watching Titanic you know the ending but the middle parts the ride to get there is is interesting you know but, yeah exactly I thought this would be one of those type of movies, like, okay, here it comes. Yeah. Yeah, so, so uh, for me, I, I agree. I just thought it was going to be... Uh, I, from there, it was predictable. I pretty much had the whole plot kind of figured out, except that I had one wish that didn't come true. And I thought it might have been a little bit more... Uh, a little bit better. Uh, but that in some way, shape, or form, that the comic book creator is also the murderer. Um, okay, but so he, but you couldn't go down that path because you can see it like in his eyes that he's not that guy. There was one part of the movie where I stopped and said, "Oh, he's the killer." Yeah, same. Like this is all happening double like a like a Fight Club scenario. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing uh, or something. And and then that that would have I mean the god both endings disappoint me. That would have disappointed me. <laughs> And the ending that they gave us disappointed me. This movie was yep. one... I went in going, okay, I love Jay Baruchel. I'm, yeah. I think he's really interesting. All the actors are really interesting. The plot they're setting up has a lot of potential to uh -huh. be kind of cool. Yeah. So I kind of thought they would go the supernatural route. Because when you read the synopsis, <laughs> it kind of sounds like, like it was going to be... He's writing these comic book things, and then they're happening in real life. Kind of like... If you play the video game, you die in real life. If you die in the video game type of thing. I just feel like it's been done before, but it could have worked. Sure. Yeah. But I kind of thought that was going to be where they go. Uh, again, I don't know if that would have been disappointing or not to me. Uh, it would have been um, disappointing just because it would have been derivative. Other things have done it, you know. Um, right. And and that's, that's one thing that I appreciate about this movie, though, is that they tried to go original. And, um, and I think in some ways this succeeded... Um, but it, but there were like the deliverance, like the, the talent of acting, I think suffered, uh, and made the movie suffer. 
and uh, but there were some other really cool tools that they implemented. It's like they know what they're doing, but they just couldn't fully deliver. But oh. there were also things that just were mind-bogglingly, like mind-bogglingly, like why did they do that? Like okay, for instance, he's on the radio show and he's talking to this dude, and the dude, you know, of course, gets pissed off because you find out that like the first murder, one of the first murders that actually happened on 990 yeah. was like his best friend when they were kids. Right, right. And so he's pissed off that that Todd would make a comic book based on this thing and that yep. the and the the hero because he did call on the hero of the story. Oh, the yeah, hero of I the know. comic book is Slasherman, is the bad guy. Now, he of course doubles back and says, "Look, when I say hero, it's the wrong thing to say. It's right. main character. It's a writer's it's the label. protagonist. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, and of course, you think comic books, you think hero, right? Yeah. And but he could have said anti-hero or whatever. But he's not even an anti-hero because exactly. he doesn't save people. He's just a murderer. Yeah. Um, and these the people who come and see him are kind of crazy and whatnot. So anyway, yeah. they talk oh, about God, it and find the fans out. fans are really crazy. I mean, that person had brought in like a replica of an 18-wheeler with murder scenes inside of it. And they were not... That dude had some talent, but man, that was disturbing. Uh, right. And to so, look at that. But, so, like, going back to the radio station, he gets that phone call, right? And the phone call's like, 1, 15, 35, or whatever the words, yes. the numbers he says. Yeah. And it, the guy keeps saying it over and over. And so then, he doesn't really think anything of it, I think, until uh, until he gets a second phone call, which is at that... Uh, at the um, the 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 con or whatever the place right. where he's signing the the convention that he's signing at. So on their way to the convention, uh, they see three dead bodies uh, underneath the tarp. The tarp magically blows up while they're driving slowly by and stop next to it. So they see the sculpture of dead bodies. They get to the con directly from their comic. Yeah, and they find out it is from the comic. It's the Triskaidillion or whatever. The Trisca. Yeah. I don't even remember what the thing was called. It's, but it's they a called sculpture it of three people strapped together post-mortem. Right, and so, okay, this is what the movie has for it, though. Practical effects. Not once that I think there was CGI at all. Yeah, that's what all I. That's the, a, another thing I appreciated, too. There's a practical effect. I'll give the movie its practical effects. There are some gross out. It is gross. It is gory. It is bloody. It is... It is everything that you could think a horror movie of this type would be. Yeah. Except scary. It's not scary. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> one scene. One scene made me jump, and that's it. Which and it one? was just a. It was a stupid jump. It was when Jordana Brewster's running across the forest, and Slasher Man <laughs> jumps out of the trees. From oh, that would that part actually annoyed me too. Yeah, as a jumper. Where did he come from? Exactly. How, he was in the house up to her left, and he comes from the highway the side, right, the from right. where the cops just drove by. I'm like, okay. why was he over there? How? Oh. And then on top of that, she had just tried to run through those trees and got stabbed by a stray branch. And it's yeah. like, how do you just hop out of those those uh, branches? Ugh. There's no okay. way. So I'm glad we both got hung up there. So there's another <laughs> there's another part earlier on in the con. Someone stabs yes. him in this the hand. Slashes his hand. Yeah, like kind of. Slashes his hand. Yeah, and nothing. One, nothing. They don't even look around to figure out who slashed him. And I thought maybe this was gonna come back. Like, yeah. Oh, this is this is what happened in the comic or something. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. And and you know, not even a joke about this is why we don't allow sharp objects in the Comic Con. You know, so, or so something like that. They just it, it just made no it, sense. He, he, he gets scratched or cut, 
and then uh, it goes to one of his visions uh, of like how he would interpret it if he was going to draw out the comic, and then nothing. Right? Well, then, yeah, and then nothing. And then also, so the next kill is his assistant. Oh, you know what annoys me? They don't even show him bandaging up his hand. No, he just suddenly has the bandage, yeah. Yeah, it's like, golly. Anyway, so yes, the assistant is, is next. Uh, but here's what bothers me. So it's like the I-90 killer is trying to make it personal to Todd. Right. And, 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 you, and you find out because uh, really his comic book validated his work in his mind. Yes. In the killer's mind, he's like, you showed me I was beautiful. You showed me who I'm supposed to be. And he what stopped not. killing. He stopped killing yes. because the comic book was doing a better job of showing these murders. Yeah. And then when he so, had trouble, he came back to help, just like he was helped. Yes. Like a really screwed up version. The whole movie tries to be really meta. Yeah. Like it's trying to be like meta on itself. And like, it, I see where it's trying to do stuff and just fails to do it. So like, they, they kill the assistant and I'm sitting there going, this is, uh, okay. They suddenly get personal. Like he kills some random people who I guess they're not really random. Like I read later and they don't, I guess they kind of do this, but you find out like, one of the people that was killed in that nice car, you know, when he's stabbing them. Yeah. Uh, they they were like an old, a younger brother or sister of uh, someone that he killed back in the day. Oh, that's kind of cool. Cool layering. So, but I wish they would have. I wish made it, it was more like apparent. <laughs> made it more apparent. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's like either a throwaway line or it's like on a newspaper somewhere. I don't know. I, I kind of tried to do some reading up on it to see. If there were like good reviews about this movie, yeah, and there's not. no, there's not. There's, I mean, if at at, uh, at best there's medium. There's a couple good ones, but it's more like, uh, you know, uh, their particular taste. It really fit them well, but the, yeah. the consensus is that this is like a mediocre movie at best. Unfortunately, I guess it's like a good like D list horror film. Yeah, yeah, and, and but, but the, like, there are doesn't... really cool things about this movie. Like, there's production value. Yeah, so I mean, the, there's... there's practical effect that really gives a nice homage to a classic horror movie. Like I was, and even the coloring of this movie, I was really thinking about uh, the Hold original up. Suspiria and. Um, uh, actually, Repo Men, which is funny because uh, the killer, guy who plays the killer, was actually a small part in Repo Men. That's right. And so I was like, that, you know, when they kind of have these dream state things, there's some really cool lighting to this thing. And, um, but again, it, it just falls short in the delivery. I really disliked the colors. I understood what they were going for. I got that it was homage to older films like Suspiria, but yeah. I just felt like it fell flat. Like, it, it just did. felt... It fell flat. Like, they tried, and I'll give them credit for trying, like, A for effort, but I just think it fell... Uh, it just didn't work right. I I was really disappointed with the color... The color grading in the film as well. Uh, the whole... The the scenes where they went back and showed... So... See, let me uh, tell you something. So, uh, my uh, brother and I were recently just talking about uh, horror effects, right? And, and uh, he is introducing me to the term Uncanny Valley. Because I'll talk about the Uncanny Valley, but I didn't know there was a term for it at all. Uh, and for anyone who doesn't know, the Uncanny Valley is... Uh, where the effects can uh, not look so real, but they're uh, disturbing and uh, like 
kind of pleasing in a way and then once they get perfectly real it's just like that's not scary and then once it goes too far uh then it's it's good again or whatever anyways so i feel like this movie accidentally fell into the exact opposite of the uncanny valley so they had the practical effects on point and uh you know their their color tones but then but their story was what fell victim to the uncanny valley and so they're their uh, story had all these cool elements, things that this generation would want. The sugar, as a, as our main uh, character would have claimed, uh, that everybody wants. But then it's like too, like, linear of a story to really get you and uh, to appreciate any, all of the other cool things that they have in this movie. So sure. uh, I don't know if that like, makes sense to you, but that's like not, it that's didn't what I felt. fit in the film. Exactly. Right. So this is one of those films that if if they had done it right, uh, it would have been style over substance. Substance. Yeah. Where I feel like sadly the style went too far past the line of where it could be called style, like nice style. Uh huh. Like he just uh, he tried again. This is all you can tell that he's trying to do something with it and it's just not working also i didn't really appreciate the uh the kind of stupid american jokes at the beginning uh which ones <laughs> they're coming from america and or they're coming from canada right they oh, start off right. in canada and they kind of say some stuff and i was like man i get the trope like i get it i mean they make kind of those jokes and knocked up because they're all from canada and knocked yeah. up yeah but I don't know. It just fell flat for me. Uh, not saying that I'm like, I am proud American, and <laughs> you can't say anything against me. No, fine, do whatever you want, dude. I don't, I don't care. But those really just didn't uh, not offend me. Offend is the wrong word. Just they were dumb to me. I was I'm like trying oh, to remember weird. the jokes because I'm like, I don't remember. I don't, off the top of my head, I didn't write anything down. I passengers, I hated this movie. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I thought it was a giant turd, man. Yeah. Um, we're sitting here trying to like pick scenes, and I'm just sitting here going, "Okay, cool kill." The dude just the well, first no, kill even the, the kills does... were predictable. Like yeah, when they was... so we were at the assistant when we left off plot wise, right? So yeah. the assistant's out there, and I'm like, "Okay, uh, like she's watching, she's people watching. She's always having to draw what she looks at to get it out of her head, and so she's sketching, and I'm like, that gonna walk out of the dark right behind her and snatch her." Two seconds later, the couple drives off, and what happens? She sees the van, and he pops up right behind her from the darkness. And, uh, excuse my language, please bleep my word yeah, out. I have to. I was thinking I'm the same very thing. Very sorry like, about it. that. But I was, I was I'm just getting very annoyed that uh, how predictable the kills were. Sorry. And, uh, and, uh, anyways, so that happens, and then, uh, right as she was about to get killed, she texts Jay Burrell's character, uh, Ezra, and he's like, yes. hey, come hang out with me by the table. But, of course, he passes out right before he gets that. Then um, she gets killed, and he is like, oh, uh, she tried to... T like, they really gloss over the fact that she tried to text him before he she got killed. And, uh, like, just the whole cop scene, it it's like... Everything is just kind of sped over and glossed over. And even, um, like, Jordana Brewster, she has some monologues about uh, highlighting the victims in all of these tales. And 
that was another thing. It was just there's so many things like going on that didn't even like hit the nail on the head at all. You know? How's your longtime girlfriend not know what your comic is doing in it? <laughs> Even she's, she's like, no, it's not my thing to the cops. She's so mad <laughs> that of the stuff they put in the comic book. After they show the comic book to her in the police station, she's so mad at him for writing a book like that. And like what that's like Yeah, she was she was like, You're sick and demented. And then Next, you know, like scenes later, she's like, I love you and everything's okay. No, like that was breakup level mad. No, I thought that she was like supporting him because she knew his story that like he watched no. his mom die. And so she's like trying to let him vent about and like, you know, process all that stuff. But she's mad that he doesn't really highlight the victims. And, uh, and no. because she wants to bring more attention to the victims than the killer which is, in That's retrospect, is a good idea, but... Absolutely not how I took that at all. Okay, because I was just like... But either way, she, she has some monologues about that that all, and uh, and some other pieces that just fall flat. And she's like... Try, she is actually breakup mad where in this other scene and she's just like, you know, this is the stuff that comes out of your effed up head and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, now she's mad. But that's because everyone's dying around them, and now they're well, even there, in it, you know? And there were also, there were two breakup mad scenes, like ones where I could see them breaking up and not being good. Like, he straight up at some point tells her, she, by the way, Jordana Brewster's character, uh, Kathy, is writing a book about the I-90 killer, but for the victims. So it's like a, it's okay, like a yeah, counterpoint that. to Slasher Man comic book. Right. And he straight up is like, you're doing this... You're doing this because you can get make money off of me type thing, like, and you're trying to counterpoint my points and so I don't know, just this bad Chemistry. argument. Uh, it just didn't, and and that's another thing. Todd and and Kathy's chemistry, Jordana Brewster and, and Jesse, didn't really have a great chemistry for no. me. Like I was never like, oh, they're a good couple. Yeah, I mean, never. And and actually. To be totally fair, the only people that I thought had chemistry in the movie were Ezra and the assistant. Yeah. Or Aurora. Yeah. And they didn't even like, it was just like, there was kind of maybe a friendship there. Like, or maybe, <laughs> they never really said anything. because you never... The only time that I, I that they even mentioned the fact that Ezra and Aurora have any sort of relationship other than working is when she texts them and say, picnic hang. Or yeah. a picnic table yeah. hang or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right before she dies. <laughs> and for for their characters to be, honestly, those two characters were the most interesting characters to me. Right. And, uh, and it's because they had the most development. You know, like technically, if you think yeah. about it. <laughs> and it's and they die first. And I on a, and, and I kept thinking the whole time, do these friends and girlfriend even know that Todd's mom was murdered? In front of him? I did, yeah, I don't think so. I don't, and, <laughs> I don't and we can't answer that. Knew. Yeah, we can't and answer. What bothered me that we're going, let's go back to the scene where they've got them in the police station after Aurora's head's taken off. By the way, they break <laughs> her, he breaks her neck and then rips the head off. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's, exactly. that's not how the comic book did it. The comic book, he, she was still alive and he stomped her head through a. Thing, I just wanted to be like, like that was like just a, a nitpicky like thing. Like against an edge. No, no, no. I totally. When I was like, why did he do that? That's exactly, going, that's exactly what I thought. 
if we're going full on gory gross go full on gory gross yeah. don't don't skimp on me don't just like walk into a car and start stabbing someone a bunch of times and now then... anatomically <laughs> speaking if you break the neck it's easier to cut off it just just uh, fyi I... I get it, but the, and the dude had to okay. So like he has to psych himself up before he kills. That was another like thing he, that annoyed me. The way he psychs himself up. Were you just about to say that? Yes. <laughs> He's oh, like, come on, come on, so come on! Like like uh, like a nervous guy about oh. to go out into a school play or something like that. And uh, you go, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but same. No, it's just. So they go back to the... They're in the police station, and... Oh, gosh. They're, they're in the police station, and... What? At no point, the cop was like, Oh, my God. You have a connection to the I-90 killer. Yeah. Your mom was killed in front of you. Holy crap. Right. This is probably something we should look into. Yeah, and everything that they were afraid was going to happen at the cop station, the cops didn't care. They no. didn't care. They just kind of wanted to make sure that they didn't do it a little bit. Just a little. And then they let him go. And they were like, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah the the footage at the motel shows uh, corroboration with your story. You get out of here. Yeah. Very easy, like, right? And just just remember that, that ever you're, a sick and, you're a sick and twisted individual who writes weird comic books. When does that ever happen? When does that ever happen where the security footage was just like readily available and like... Uh, you know, actually was actually recording and wasn't, you know, tampered with in some way. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. If they have that good of footage around there, they should have seen the kill happen. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, oh, bless. Oh, oh god. And they could have got yeah, a license so... <laughs> plate from the van and like, come on, you know? Oh, and then oh. the beginning, right? The beginning, they actually have kind of another... It's like a. It really reminded me of the movie Joyride, if you remember that, where the yeah, with, trucker um, Paul Walker. Yeah, and uh, was it Paul Walker? Uh, Wasn't it Paul Walker? What did we? What movie am I thinking about? Where he's like, you know, it's Joyride. I can swear there's a couple <laughs> movies called. There's a couple movies know. called Joyride, but anyways. Uh, so it's just like, you know, or Jeepers Creepers, where the the car is like finding you yeah. on the highway. It scares you because it just comes up to you and then does nothing and leaves and it's supposed to be more creepy there were that was another thing where i was just like why that that's yeah, been that done no before sense to me. yeah that exactly made no sense to me yeah especially especially since the killer at the end tells todd oh i heard your radio thing and this is the blah 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 and we know that he picks up the comic book as a that was the, the whole like almost hitting the car was not even it was before all that so like it's like oh by happenstance or are you saying this guy always was there watching him like right. i don't really know god there was so much about this movie that was wrong yeah i know okay so the kills happen next thing you know you find you find out that the numbers so he thinks it's a bible verse and they kind of work oh no 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 like, yeah for, exactly immediately especially because i've been playing uh, hunter killer uh with my wife and so we have to like do ciphers, and we're actually pretty good at that. And I was like, that cipher does not go with the Bible. Like, and I was just like, yeah, that makes no me. sense. How did you get revelations out of that? Like, how does that come up revelations? Yes. But he pulls up revelations, and it just happens to be like, I am death. I am the writer. Like, it's like, what? You turn then, that to any verse in Revelations, and you're gonna get something a killer would say. Yeah. And then they find out. Then they find out that. It's 
year. So I guess each yeah. season of the comic book is a uh-huh. year. So year one, issue 12, yep. page 35 or whatever. Yes. And it's the kills. And he's showing off what kills he's about to do. And uh, so he finds out. They look at the kill and it's like it's a family that's being killed. And there's a family in front of them. And they're like, oh, well, that must be the family they're going to kill. Right. Uh, and so then, oh, of course, the truck. That, that family kill was in an RV. This dude pulls over <laughs> a random car yep. and shoots them. Like, he doesn't even recreate the murder at that point. <laughs> yeah, it's and not, it's yeah. like, why is this movie happening? And then, and then goes after them. Yeah, then he go, immediately goes after them. And uh, it's just... So, the other thing oh, when- is he's shooting, right? Uh, for, for one. So, he gets out of the car and he does his stupid psych-up thing. They could have ran him over so I was thinking the whole so thing. I was like, why easily. aren't you running him over before they kill the kid? Right. Like, why aren't you running this dude over before they kill the kid? And we find out he's a bad shot. And then, and two, uh, he isn't shooting. And rather, he's not able to hit them with a pistol. So he brings out this gigantic assault rifle and fires one bullet at their uh, rear Hold window. On. No, 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 no. He's shooting off like a semi-automatic gun. He's got like an AK or something like at, that. At first, he had a pistol. Like he's like yeah, he walks he up pistol, to the family car, and then, then he runs got like out. An AK because yeah. he starts shooting a bunch, and yeah. then all of yeah. a sudden, that AK turns into like a shotgun. Yeah. Well, so that that's my thing is like yeah, the very a lot of inconsistencies with the guns, but on top of that, he finally succeeds in shooting out a window, and that makes Jordana Brewster careen off the road because a right. window broke, and I'm like, and come is- on. No, like, Ezra's just dead. Like, half of his face blown off. Yeah, exactly. We don't even see a pole or anything like that, like, hit him, anything. He just, you know, people just wake up and his half his head is torn off. Well, I think it was the shotgun. I think the shotgun supposedly went through. Oh, okay. I'll give you that That's one. what I was thinking, but I don't. It just, that was, like, so, like, unceremonious. Like, I called that from the beginning. I was like, I bet you Jay Baruchel dies in this. Like, yeah, I which he kills himself off. Which I thought uh, I'm starting to think retrospectively is like kind of a cool thing if a director writes himself in because they're the one that dies, because yeah. nobody wants to be that actor that plays the person who dies. Give yourself a cool death though. That death was just like at least a co- oh, coherent death. Like Todd looks at him and is like, Ugh. yeah, oh, okay, and that's it. There's yeah, no like, there's no mourning oh, period. Lord, yeah, <laughs> my friend, the person who's been with me since the beginning of the book. Yes, like nothing. It's like, oh, ugh, Oops. ugh. like it's like a, it's disgusted. Like, ugh. Yeah. and then the the killer knocks him out, and they all go to a place, and he's got this whole ceremonious thing he wants to end. Uh, it's just that whole thing, her getting away, like he's, she's like, okay, stop, stop saying it's going to be okay. Stop saying it's okay. Yes. This is my death. Yes. I want to be, I want to be good when I die. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be panicked. <laughs> I, so you stop it. It's not going to be okay. I'm dying today. We are dying right now. She's like, like that dead monologue made no sense. She's like, I, I just want to give up and die. So that way I don't have to be in panic and fear because I'm with you and I love you. And that's all that matters. And I'm like, we're about to die. Dude, like get the hell out of there. You that's, still have a chance. 
I'd, I'd be like, I don't want to die. I don't know why you're so cool with death right now. Yeah. All of a sudden, I, I just want to die. <laughs> yeah. You got a book you want to publish. I got a comic book to end. I don't want to die. Yeah. Like, there's just so much crap there. And, and so he finds, he's like, whatever. I'm going to be the one who dies. You get out. You go. And so he like, what? He jumps <laughs> on the killer. She runs and gets shot, but not like in the leg. severely wounded. Just shot in the leg. Limps off. And all of a sudden, and this is this is where it, our part that we talked about earlier doesn't make sense. She runs through trees where there's cops going past. Like you hear the cops going by, and it's a bunch of them. And she's trying she to get the their trees. attention. She all of a sudden gets stabbed by one of the trees through her the top skin of her shoulder, like right above her clavicle, her trapezius. And she pulls she pulls herself out because yeah, that looks like it hurts. Yeah, and she it did. <laughs> it runs. Like it hurt. She runs. There is absolutely no way. No way. That he comes from those trees to jump at her. Yeah, because he, he was just busy trying to kill somebody else on the and, other side of her. And on the and other side was, of that fence. And that was my one cheap jump scare. Because <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah. I, I jumped. I was like, oh, oh, oh. And then I immediately thought, How? And also, do you remember when she's before, right before that happens, she goes through this perfectly cut hole in the diamond (laughs) chain link fence. And I was just like, why was that there? Hey, by the way, this is your escape route. If you ever need to go, this is the route you go. That's like like uh, in the scary movies where it says like, run this way to your death or run this way to freedom. (laughs) And, And she, of course, again, she's really calm and she's like, Oh, you can you can kill me right now or whatever. I don't care. She spits in his face, and you're just kind of like, oh well. Yeah, yeah. You were you were you were tough. Good for you. And then bye. So this is the only part of the movie where I thought that maybe Todd was the killer the whole time. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And or maybe so, they were cooperating. You know, maybe. Yeah, yeah, something. So he he wakes up unchained, like the guy had like unchained him unroped him whatever so he wakes up and he's like oh yep. he has free reign of looking for whatever he wants and he goes into the house and the house is all those stupid colors the color grain i didn't like and well also if you notice there's like entrails hanging right, from yeah. the wreath and yes. it's like he's recreating no, 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 no. where they this met is, that's that's the house that they met at uh, okay I'm talking about his own house, the the killer's house. Oh, okay. So this is before this the scene. I was yeah, about. before that. So he's in the killer's house, and he finds the drawing that he drew when he was a kid. Oh, he's trying to figure out was, what killing is next. He was drawing a drawing when he was a kid. Yeah. When his mom was murdered, while his mom was being murdered, yeah. and her entrails taken out, yep. he was drawing it the whole time. Yeah. And it's funny because you know, you're like, oh, you know, smart. You should draw the killer. The killer's wearing a mask, and he draws a mask. Wait, the killer <laughs> isn't wearing the killer isn't wearing a mask. He when he kills in his picture, he is in the they, picture he is because one day he had saw that guy at his work doing oh, his steel right. work and had the mask on, and yeah, so he yeah. made the correlation. These are the same people. And that's why he drew the mask on the guy in the picture. Yeah, but it, and, and then it's, why he gave Slasher Man a mask. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh my goodness gracious. So so and he finds out that he finds that picture and he kind of realizes that the next kill is that drawing from his childhood. Right. So he goes back and by the way, in the beginning of the movie, 
they end up stopping in front of the house and it's his old house from when he was a kid. Yeah. And so he goes back to that house and yeah, the wreath has entrails in it. There's entrails on the Christmas lights and in the... And they're used it, like Christmas decorations. Yeah, it's gross. And there's Kathy. There's his best friend. Yep. Headless. There's another dude that I guess lived in the house. <laughs> Just I, randomly there. Well, there was uh, Jay Burchell's body, which was a, a kind of a terrible uh, like oh, wax awful. figure. <laughs> Then really the bad. headless assistant and Jordana Brewster, and there, so there's That's another right, headless assistant. Then yeah. that, was there another body? No. Yeah, okay. I okay. totally forgot. I didn't catch that. That was uh, Aurora's uh, headless body. Okay. Did not catch that. But now that you say it, you're right. And the but the the wax figure, or whatever. The Jay Burchell half a head. Yeah. Didn't even look anything like him. Yeah. So that's why I assumed it wasn't. I don't know. The only reason anyway. you figure it out is because they pan to the other side and you realize half of his head is missing just like before. Yes. And you're like, oh, that's the wax figure from that terrible scene. <laughs> so, so Kathy's sitting there with her entrails out. She's dead. Yeah. No well, one. he's like, hey, baby, are you alive? He's checking for a pulse. And he's like, yeah. he goes to like feel her stomach and it's just... Like yeah. empty slash entrails pouring out, Ugh. and it's and like you didn't, you didn't notice that. <laughs> you didn't okay. notice that. So all he is is like, I'm not. There's no crying. There's no oh god, baby. There's no nothing. Nothing. There's no none of that emotion. He just looks at the killer, and the killer's like, I did this for us. Yeah, because I knew that you could finish. Or that I would help you finish the comic book. This is our legacy. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Now you have to kill me. And he does. He takes the knife and he kills him. And I'm sitting there like, dude, you're you're killing the thing that's going to, like, absolve you of this. Like, if you kill this dude, you can still be said that you're the killer. Anyway, that's yeah, you can. And that. on top of that, you can control the ending now. You control yeah. the ending. And so you could lock up the murderer. Not only but in your comic, but in real life. But his control of the scene is to kill the dude, slash his neck, and as he's dying, say, uh, F your ending, I'm doing my own. He throws a, a light, he throws a match or a candle into the Christmas tree. Okay, I want to know how that candle survives being lit as it's flying that far to the tree. Whatever, I'll <laughs> forgive that it's a movie. And then he sits there and he dies. As the fire consumes him and everyone there as he's holding his girlfriend. Speechless. Why did I watch this movie, Mark? Yeah, because of me, unfortunately. It looked good. And this is why we cannot judge a movie by its <laughs> Passengers, don't, don't watch, yeah, don't watch this, this movie. movie. Don't do it. Don't do it unless you just really like gory films. Yeah, and you if you want to gore gory fest, film. go for it. But other no, than go, that, go watch Suspiria. Go yeah, exactly. watch the remake of Suspiria. Go watch something so much better than this. You know what, though? You know what? It was an hour and 20 minutes. It was short. It was an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. I don't, it just was, it was. But it's I an hour and 20 hour. minutes, I'm never going to get back. Exactly. I want my hour and 20 minutes back. So. I, uh,. I am only remembering things that happened because we're talking about it now. Yeah. But like after I watched it, I was like, I think I'm going to have a hard time talking about this movie because I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you would not give me a straight answer. Like I was like, hey, man, what do you think about this movie? Because like 10, 15 minutes in, I'm just like, this movie is not good. 
Fawny <laughs> called me like five minutes, ten minutes, thirty minutes. I don't remember after the movie was done, and was like, "Hey, uh, what you doing?" And I'm like, "I just watched the worst movie." <laughs> like this is. I'm not kidding. Like, there are movies that are bad, they're good. You know, like, we like some of those stupid movies that are so bad, they're good. Yeah, 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 of course. This is not one of those. This is not. There, I don't... This isn't Butt Boy. Unfortunately... Butt Boy is better than this. Oh my god, you're you're right. Un- so, unfortunately, this is what I feel like this... Ge- the, this might be one of the... You know, like... It might be the best of what this generation is capable of with all of the limitations that they have with... All the subject matter they have to touch in order to be politically correct. Like, there's a whole bunch of victims, so we have to have a character that wants to talk about all the victims. And a whole bunch of things that you have to shoot. And then you can't even get to any of the emotionality because the budget's not high enough. And so they can't spend time on those important scenes. There was nothing. There was no character development. Nothing. There was no... Nothing. I didn't care about anybody, and I thought, okay, if I don't care about them, maybe the deaths will be cool. But the deaths weren't even cool. Yeah, and it's just and like it's like you know what? We're gonna put pretty people there because if they're pretty, we'll care about them. Oh, this uh, guy's got blue eyes. You're not gonna want him to die, just like in Cabin in the Woods, you know. And then <laughs> and then uh, Georgiana Brewster, she's real hot right now, and on top of that, she's actually hot. You're not gonna want her to die, right? And which might be true, but that doesn't make you have a good movie. Like, let us get attached to these people. You have to create a universe. And uh, this movie did not do that. It didn't even have the horror, the horror elements of sex and nudity. Oh, you saw <laughs> it didn't. It didn't have it. These cheesy ones usually, these bad ones again, usually have a little bit of that. Again, there's nothing. another limitation of this generation, unfortunately. No, there's nothing. There's nothing <laughs> in the movie to, to. Okay, here's my pros and cons list. Pros: practical effects. Yeah. Tried really hard to be something that it couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and the boy who played Todd's uh, younger self as a kid looked exactly like him. Cons: This movie tried to be something that it could, <laughs> and then everything else about the movie. Yeah. So, uh, and I'll kind of piggyback off that a little bit. It really, like this movie, it really felt like felt like Jay Baruchel was trying to write the next version of the textbook of what a horror movie should be like in this generation. So that's why like all the lighting and the practical effects are awesome. And he doesn't overdo things with CG. In fact, he doesn't overdo anything at all with CG, I don't think. And that's where I think he really should be complimented. I think he had a good, good concept rolling until he went to casting. And Jesse Williams, I just, I, I don't get anything from him. He's just the pretty boy people cast with blue eyes so that girls come and fill the seats. Uh, and I am sorry if that's a, an, an offensive statement. Uh, but And then Jordana Brewster, that she was the female equivalent of that. And then on top of that, she's everyone's a fan of hers from other movies. So we're like, hey, let's go watch that. And uh, But unfortunately, I don't think that, and including Jay Burrishell... You know what? I take it back. Jay Baruchel, he can do some leading roles and do well. But Georgiana Brewster and uh, Jesse Williams, they have not proven that they can really carry the lead in a movie. And even the bad guy was bad. Even the bad guy was bad. So the uh, so that was uh, Simon Northwood uh, casted as the man or slasher man. He's well. He's a he's a he's a what do you call stuntman? 
Like, that's his big thing. He's a stuntman who does small roles in movies. And this was probably like, oh, maybe I can get a bigger break with this. Yeah, so you, so you like, see him as, you know, in, in Shazam. He's, he's credited as pissed off phone owner. So that's yeah, the guy. Exactly. Your phone's charged and it blows yeah. up. And uh, so there's little the, things like that. For me, the biggest thing is like he was uh, he was Luther's uh, stunt double in um, oh in Umbrella Academy. Awesome. And so 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 that that's great. Like, and he's done some other cool stuff. Uh, but and he's got a very um, a very awesome aesthetic to him where it's like okay, I could buy that that guy's a killer. But then you go into his character and watch him try to get psyched up for a kill, and it's like, this guy's not a killer. <laughs> this, okay. guy, this guy's, I like, forcing see, himself. I, you know, the thing is, I could probably see that if you read this script, you're like, oh, wow, this could be something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the execution, the, the full thing you get at the end was not good. Uh, I do not recommend this, passengers. I can't. It's, a, it's, it's what Venom would call a turd in the wind. <laughs> yeah. Turds in the wind. It's the first movie we've reviewed. I say do not watch. Yeah, and I have to agree. Uh, I just, uh, I wanted it to be good. I was really excited for the, the aforementioned good things, few good things that we did talk about. Uh, but they didn't overcome the hurdles that they put in front of themselves, really. And uh, that's what I have to say. Unfortunately, this is a movie that I just, I can't recommend. Uh, unless you're just really into gore for the sake of gore. <laughs> But that's not really what we're going for here. All right. Well, you know what I do recommend, Mark? Hmm. Our sponsors. Our sponsors? Let's get to them. All right. So on to our B-Day and news. First up, August 23rd, we have Shelley Long. Yes, now, that's Mama Brady. Yeah, it's Carol Brady. Now, when I, uh, when I wrote her name down, I got it totally mixed up with Shelley Duvall. I don't know why. <laughs> I was thinking I'm gonna come in here and be like, I really love The Shining, and I'm like, wait, nope. Mark was like, yeah, it's Carol Brady. I was like, crap, you know what? You're right. I totally uh, mixed up the two Shelleys. Yeah, for a second I was like, oh, they're the same person. That's weird. Then why does she look so different? <laughs> <laughs> After that, we have um, rest in peace, River Phoenix. Yes, brother of Joaquin Phoenix, right? Yes, Joaquin and Phoenix's was in brother. Stand by me. Amazing movie, uh, just gone before his time. Yeah, really. Just uh, he was he was one of those people that probably could have made it pretty far, and just sadly, uh, I think he overdosed. That's just an awful thing. Yeah. Um, up next, another uh, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant's birthday on the twenty third. Just Late uh, and great Kobe Bryant. Exactly. Uh, August twenty fourth, we have Rupert Grint. Who uh, you all recognize as um, Ron in Harry Potter? Weasley. Weasley. Uh, you know, doesn't really do anything anymore. <laughs> like he's he does a couple things, and he just didn't he didn't break out like Daniel Radcliffe or Emma Watson did. Right. Yeah. I'm just and does does it seem like he wants to? I don't know how much he wants uh, to. I'm not really continue. sure. Not really sure. Uh, anyway, we have Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, yes, from uh, the Police Academy movies. Short Circuit one and two. Yes. Oh man, Short Circuit two is the best. Input. <laughs> Great. 
I like, you know, when Steve Gutenberg shows up in those 80s movies, I, I like him. And some of the 90s movies he did, I think he did a, a good chunk of those Police Academy films. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he pretty much carried them. And then, uh, ha, I'm looking at this, and he's been, he's in Sharknado 4. I mean, so is so, so are so many <laughs> other actors who were kind of has been actors. Oh, I hate to talk uh, about him like that. Uh, yeah, he was good in the eighties and nineties. He's sure in um, a couple episodes of the Goldbergs, and it's really he plays a uh, science teacher. He's kind of funny. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, August twenty fifth, we have Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah, that dude. Uh, I remember the first time I saw him was in True Blood. Yeah, and, uh, I caught on to True Blood a little late. Uh, maybe I think the the show was almost done, and then uh, that's when I started watching. So, but yeah. True Blood, and uh, he he's done a few films. I know he's. You were talking about one earlier. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was him. Oh, boy, okay, so he was in the Legend of Tarzan, which I, I haven't seen yet. Oh, I but, heard it was terrible. Yeah, and I I, uh, I thought he might have been like uh, in Terminator Genesis, the when he's like a an aging hologram. He's one of the holograms, but it doesn't actually have him credited here, so that's got to be somebody else. Uh, and that's, you know, I think for for tr- being on all those seasons of True Blood, like, there's, you know, whatever. You can do whatever he wants, but he's also in Big Little Lies. Yeah, I was just going to say that, and that was a great show. Uh, and he's going to be in the Stand TV series as Randall Flagg, so that's a pretty big character. Um, and I'm pretty excited. He just was announced to be in The Northman, which is... Um, it is the next film by Robert Eggers, who did The Witch and, um, and and The Lighthouse, which are two of my two of my favorite A24 films. So it's pretty cool that he's he's going to be in a, a film are, from that guy. Are you seeing this Godzilla versus Kong? He's he's set to be in Godzilla versus Kong, which is completed. That's right. He is going to be in that. So uh, that might be a must see just because it's a Godzilla movie. Oh, it's a it's a must see because because it's Godzilla versus like the King Kong we saw in uh, Skull Island, which was a fantastic movie. Yeah, I liked it a lot too. Sadly, I'm gonna see it because I like Skull Island, but right? I didn't really like the Godzilla remake. Uh, yeah, from a few years back, it was kind of meh. I I I honestly haven't seen um, King of Monsters yet. I guess I will at some point. It's on. It's on my queue of movies to watch, but uh, I, I have no motivation to go watch it. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, I recently watched it, and it just did not really stick in my memory that much. So yeah, I'll watch it. I'll see it just because I'll want to have context of Godzilla versus Kong. He has to swim down to the bottom of the ocean to like recharge himself or something like that, and it's like <laughs> a reverse. Like... It's like a reverse Superman movie. Oh, uh, like because we're because we're now his pets, you know. Yeah, uh, so yeah. it's like, ugh, God. I don't know. I kind of like the older Godzilla with the uh, zip-up suit. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't, right? Yeah. Anyway, um, Blake Lively, Blake Lively, of course, married to Ryan Reynolds, but she holds her own in her films, uh, like one of my favorites, A Simple Favor. Yeah, so she recently has uh, come out with some awesome stuff, like A Simple Favor, which totally awesome. Uh, but I'd say uh, before that, you know, not not so much about holding her own, but uh, uh, I, I liked, think that she's really brought 
She's really matured as an actress. I liked uh, The Shallows, where she was alone with that shark. Oh, I'm, dude, that has been on my to-do list, and it's evaded me. I wanted to see that movie. Uh, yeah, that was that was pretty good. I really liked that one. I'm trying to remember what movie that it was. I think it was Savages that I was just like, I'm never watching another uh, Blake Lively movie again. But, <laughs> but uh, oh no, Oliver Stone film. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, we digress. Yeah. Um, after Blake Lively is one of the greatest James Bonds, Sean Connery. And the, the, the greatest Sean, uh, uh, James Bond. Sean Connery's awesome. I love Daniel Craig, though. Nope. Sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> no. no I thought you were going to really say good. Pierce Brosnan. Oh, Pierce Brosnan <laughs> had one good I know you one don't like good it. movie, <laughs> and it's Goldeneye. <laughs> Anyway, but oh, but we got at least we can agree that The Rock is such a good movie. Oh, dude, totally, yeah, must see if you haven't. Uh, oh gosh, happy birthday, Sean Connery. Um, Rachel Bilson, who was in the OC, she yeah, was a then, love interest. That's right, and then also she was in uh, the movie Jumper with Hayden Christensen, <laughs> so the franchise really killer. Oh gosh, yeah, Jumper had such a uh, a awesome potential to be. A cool franchise and uh hayden christensen was just was not the guy to hold that well, franchise I, just, I think it was a uh, it was just before it's time you know like right before because right after that superhero movies and superpower movies became all the rage but literally right before that this happened and unfortunately due to hayden christensen's acting i believe it did not take off well, and just it was one of those movies where it took way too long to get into the whole there's this society of people that hunt the jumpers. Yeah. And, and then his mom is the one of the head. Yeah. And hunters. then, of course, you find out that his sister is uh, is is uh, what's her face? Kristen Stewart from Twilight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the The new family, right? Right. The new family. Oh, there was there was some so it just had some really interesting concepts that just uh, it fell it fell through the wayside. I thought that oh if they make a sequel it could be better, but it's never yeah. gonna happen. I think and they made also, a comic book. You know some cool shout outs to her for uh, being in like an episode of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer back in the day and that '70s show. Just like is she really in Buffy? It's both of those roles are very quick like one episode thing, so not like she was a huge role, but. More right, power to you know, for it. And and just before it's glazed over more, she was Summer Roberts in the OC, which I did uh four seasons of loving it. Um but she was also in um The Last Kiss, which was uh Zach Braff's um film he did right after uh right after Garden State. So for me it was like, Oh, I, I hope that this really takes her career. But I, I think after that, she kind of had a couple things on How I Met Your Mother. She was actually the roommate of the mother. Oh, that's right. Um, and and also she was in a uh, like I guess a couple seasons of Heart of Dixie, and she did like a season on Nashville. But other than that, yeah, nothing else. Which is you know sad because she's actually not a bad actress. Yeah, it's like three big shows that she's done that I I just have never watched because they're not my yeah. cup of tea. You might like the OC. It takes a little bit, you know, maybe get into it. But anyway, next up, the great <laughs> Gene Simmons. Oh, man. Kiss, right? Like, right. Well, now, I mean, and on top of that, I love the movie Detroit Rock City. Yep. So, And that's basically essentially four kids trying to get to one of his concerts, their concerts. 
And well, I, just, I just love it. I just watched a like an essay, like a video essay on Bill and Ted. And yeah. the the second movie, of course, has uh, God Gave Rock and Roll to You. Yes. Which they re-recorded for the movie. Uh, which I didn't know. They re-recorded it for the movie, and that whole opening, the dun dun dun, dun the opening that they That's do on the guitar, that was Steve Vai. What? Yeah. So that's what kills me is that I want that song with that intro yep. on a track, and I had to edit it together myself so I could have it to pump myself up in the morning. But please, on this soundtrack when y'all release it, please include that. I'm begging you. If anybody hears me. <laughs> Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I just uh, and just to make a shameless plug, next episode we're doing Bill and Ted one and two as a double special episode before we yes. do Bill and Ted three the week after. So anyway, uh, Melissa McCarthy on August twenty sixth. I like Melissa McCarthy. I know that she does some turds of a movie, but she's generally pretty funny in movies she's in. Uh, yeah, like, she's great. For, uh, that movie where the boss I think it's uh-huh. called where she's the boss of Kristen Stewart yeah I crack up the whole movie like when she lays on that um, was it Kristen Stewart yeah not Kristen Stewart I'm sorry Kristen Be- uh, Bell Kristen there Bell yeah um, that just was a slip of the tongue because we talked about Kristen Stewart on yeah. Jumper um, but Kristen Bell where she goes to sleep at Kristen Bell's house and she's on that um, <laughs> the, the mattress the, the sofa sleeper and she's like, oh, it's a little tricky, so you got to be careful with it. And she lays on it, and then the thing just throws her into the wall. <laughs> oh, it cracks me up. I love, that movie's really funny. But, you know, of course, I actually like the female-led Ghostbusters. It's not a great movie, but I enjoy it. If it's on, I'll maybe just watch a little bit. I thought she was good in that. But I, that was, I have for to me, watch it, but I, just because I feel obligated to the Ghostbusters franchise to watch it, but I'm, I haven't been putting it off forever. Well, for me, it was about the actors and it, the actress. You know, Chris Hemsworth is really funny in it. Um, but anyway, I digress. Chris Pine, uh, one of the major Chris's in Hollywood right now. We got Chris Pine, Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth. Uh, Chris Pine, who plays Steve Trevor in, in Wonder Woman. Uh, and the new Wonder Woman 1984. He also plays uh, Captain uh, Tiber- James Tiberius Kirk in the Star Trek remakes, the three of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I really like Chris Pine. I-, I think he's a good actor. Yeah, he's good. Um, next up, we got Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, Home Alone. Oh, yeah. I mean... Kevin! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you grew up uh, and didn't have Home Alone in your life. Like, for one, either you just weren't born at the right time, but or two, you just have bad parents so, who don't know to show you classic movies from their time. <laughs> yep, you, you got Home Alone, you've got The Good Son, where he was uh, with Elijah oh, Wood. Oh, yes, such a good movie. Because I will forever, in my brain, have it ingrained of the mom holding both uh, Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin in her hands, and she had to pick one, yep. and she picks... Elijah Wood because Macaulay Culkin was this little devil child who pretended to be good. Yep, yep. And you got to hear Macaulay Culkin just scream like 200 feet yep. to his death. Yep. Oh, also um, My Girl, where he dies from the bee stings. Oh, right. Oh, man, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that's a that's a tearjerker of a film. Oh, totally. uh, But, um, you know, and then when he got older, he did uh, one of my favorite kind of like 
not Christian comedy, but comedy starts, uh, saved, saved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved him and Mandy Moore and, and it had a lot of uh, good actors in it. A really funny film. Oh yeah. Uh, August 27th, we have Aaron Paul, who of course is Jesse in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and well, go ahead. Uh, no, go for it. Go for it. I was just gonna say, I really liked El, uh, El Camino. Did you watch El Camino on Netflix? The sequel uh, series? Yeah, sequel yeah. Movie? Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we it watched was good. it together. Yeah, yeah we did. It was, yeah, it was you and me and uh, and Danielle and Fani. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm just like, uh, I don't where the story went. Like, I really wanted, I really wanted Heisenberg to survive for like another big standoff, or maybe we see what happens in Europe. Um, or maybe Jesse goes and continues this crappy lifestyle in Europe where the things that they were doing are not really illegal. And so, uh, but they could still make a ton of money doing it. So I was someone, like, oh. Someone needed to have a good ending, though. Like, someone needed to be able to get away and and uh, and live through this. So, I mean, I, I don't, I think the show was a perfect, uh, the perfect amount of time. And then that movie was like the perfect little ending for Jesse. Uh, yeah, I, was... I mean, don't get me wrong. I wanted him to survive. There was no way I wanted Jesse to die, but I thought maybe um, that Heisenberg would be able to save him, and he'd be like, you know, if you're out, you're out. Cool. And then he goes, then uh, Heisenberg would go on and continue the legacy, and, you know, Aaron Paul would have had his happy ending still. But, oh, uh, man, like, part of me still kind of wishes that, you know, they show that... He didn't really die. I mean, I know the outro of the show is him. They zoom out and he's dead or whatever. But, uh, God, I just I wanted so bad for that to continue because I feel like they could do more with it. Yeah, they could. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty glad that that's just where it is. I, I don't want any more. I don't need any more. It's almost like uh, you just when a show ends and it's a perfect ending for it. It doesn't if you keep it going, you might ruin the rest of the show. You know, some of those ending seasons of shows like Game of Thrones, man, I don't I, I love all of the Game of Thrones up until that last season. And I'm, I'm not sure to ever I'm not sure I'd go back and watch it now. Because oh, man, I I'm con- I'm going ending. back through uh, not only Breaking Bad, but I'm going through Better Call Saul. I love those shows. So I'm waiting for Better Call Saul to end and I'm just going to do a binge of all of it. I haven't done any of the Better Call Better Saul. Better Call Saul is over. No, I think. It doesn't it? Okay, maybe. Well, I haven't watched it yet, so. It's good. It's great. Um, Four okay. seasons. Paul Rubens. Up next, Paul Rubens is Pee Wee Herman. That's right. It's from Pee Wee's Playhouse, Big Top Pee Wee, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, uh, uh, the HBO Pee Wee special. He was in Blow. Uh, he did a Netflix Pee Wee Herman movie, which was actually pretty funny. Uh, yeah, dude, Paul Rubens, uh, but yeah, also, you know, kind of a creeper because he was caught, uh, playing with his meat in a movie theater. Yep. Um, Alexa Vega. Alexa Vega, you'll know if you were a little younger than me or my age, uh, that scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Okay. Alexa Vega is one of those actors who... Uh, you'll know if you're about my age or younger. Uh, if you, holy crap, I gotta close my uh, doors because. Uh, yeah, I can hear too. 
because she hears me. That scared me. I thought someone was in the freaking house. Did right. she just get home or what? No, it was it was uh the echo. Oh, okay. Here's me calling Alexa. Okay. Alexa Vega is one of those actresses you'll know if you're about my age or a little bit younger. She was in Spy Kids. And I was probably a little bit too old for Spy Kids uh, when it came out. But I think I saw the first one. And I... Oh! You Jonathan, loved them! Jonathan? No, I didn't. I saw the oh, first Jonathan? one. Oh, Jonathan? I didn't see the second one. Jonathan forced me to go see the third one because it was in 3D. <laughs> I could have sworn you were forcing the original Spy Kids on me forever ago. No, I don't. I, I could care less about those movies. Uh, oh. Other than um, the bad guy in one of them was played by... Uh, well, and then the, the dad was Antonio Banderas. So. Antonio Banderas. And, of course... Uh, was it Selma Carla, Carla, Carla Gugino. Oh, Carla Gugino. Okay, yeah. Who we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Yes. She was the mom. Uh, so anyway, and then uh, but what I like Alexa Vega from is uh, is Repo, the genetic opera. Yeah, that movie is just so she's so good. But uh, unfortunately, she don't really do a lot anymore. Um, she's married to one of the dudes from uh, that like uh, boy band show on Nickelodeon. I forgot what it was called. But oh, um, I have no idea. Anyway, doesn't Hansen? matter. No, 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 no. It was like a it was a TV show based on a boy band. I think I like watched an episode because it looked funny. Uh, August twenty eighth, we have Jack Black, who oh. we absolutely love here on yes, uh, we do. Pop Culture Elevator. Yeah, Tenacious the uh, singer of Tenacious D. He's been in a ton of movies. Uh, the one that I remember seeing him in first was Biodome, and he's just a very small piece of that. Oh but gosh, he's yeah. singing in the quad. Uh, about saving trees. Uh, oh. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but he has oh, a ton him, of him other and great Kyle movies. Gass from Tenacious D. It's a- basically a- Tenacious exactly. D. Yeah, and then uh, I guess one of his earlier comedies that I that is not like, you know, iconic would be uh, uh, Envy with uh, Ben Stiller. That was really funny. It's like a. Is I that the one that where one he's online. got like the hairspray that makes the poop disappear? Yeah, vapor rise. Yeah, yeah rise. <laughs> he's got the house that's the 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 roof opens up. Yeah, he's yeah. just he he does so well being ridiculous and like just being an excited person in that uh, movie. But you know he's he's been in a ton of other stuff. You know, like High Fidelity. In fact, High Fidelity, he's I the reason why. Like I, yeah, and so I did not want the series to come out because i was afraid that they wouldn't do justice to his role and i was right for one in that regard but i actually really did enjoy the series uh and i'm unfortunately that's not going to continue but i really did enjoy it uh after i got into it there was just that one role that was lacking um, the movie still still holds up really well though yeah oh totally but and then, you know where i yeah you where? know where I remember Jack Black from, like, originally? Huh. Uh, Cable Guy. What? Cable Guy. Oh, yeah, yeah! He's the friend he that's the jealous. Friend. Yeah. <laughs> A little guy. <laughs> Larry Tate. Yes. <laughs> oh, I yeah. love that. And, uh, you know, there, there was that uh, movie, remember, uh, Bongwater... The Jackal, oh, Enemy of the State. I right. mean, there were some cool movies. He was even in Foo Fighters Learn to Fly, the music video. Right, because Foo Fighters, uh, because he would sometimes drum 
for Tenacious D. Yeah. Uh, Dave Grohl would drum for Tenacious D. Dave Grohl even played the, the devil. devil in uh, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. Yes. Now he's complete. Which I hope that they someday make a sequel to or another movie. Oh, it'd be awesome. Then so then he went on like Shallow Hal, Orange County, uh, and a whole bunch of other good stuff before he got to our episode of on Jumanji. Right. I, I I wish Jack Black would go back and do some crazy zany comedy film again though. Like I I want another like just crazy out there Jack Black. But you know now he's Same. he's uh he's got a family. He's doing family stuff and he's busy doing um. Uh, his his own YouTube series, Jablinski Games. So, anyway, good for him. Uh, after Jack Black, we have Army Hammer, which I know, Mark, you had said the last Army One Hammer of... film you watched was <laughs> the Facebook movie. The Winklevoss Twins. Yeah, and I that's kind of a, like, that's a good movie, and they're good. he's good in that movie. I said they're good, like he was two people. Like, he's actually two people, but he's one. Um, he's good in that movie, but man, he, he's actually a pretty good actor. Uh, I recommend, um, sorry to bother you. Fantastic film where he plays kind of the villain. He was also supposed to play Batman in justice league when, uh, George Miller was directing it. George Miller was going to direct a justice league film before he did Mad Max Fury road. You know, another, uh, movie that I kind of liked of his was uh, lone ranger. Was actually the last movie of his I think I saw. I didn't see that one, and just because I heard such bad reviews. No, I, I mean I think even people who were fans of the original Lone Ranger, uh, they people liked it. I, I think it might have been a. Sorry, loud car going by. I think people. Uh, yeah, I just think that it's something that was kind of generational, and then uh, they could they kind of threw Johnny Depp at us as Tonto, right? Well, that's what made people upset, is that they put Johnny Depp into a role of a Native American character. I see. I didn't so, realize that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that's not Army Hammer's fault. He's still a good actor. Yeah. I, I'd like to see him... I would. I, actually, I was gung-ho for him becoming Batman when they were casting the Batman. Like, him being Batman would have been perfect. But then I also would have been cool if... They were still going to do older Batman if uh, John Hamm would have been Batman. Would have been awesome for I me. Think I, I think I buy him being a Batman more than I buy Robert Pattinson being a yeah, Batman. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, next up, we have Daniel Stern, who, of course, we talked about Home Alone a minute ago with Macaulay Culkin. Marv. Daniel Stern is Marv. Exactly. Harry. <laughs> that scene. When he gets electrocuted is the best. Oh. The scene where he gets the tarantula walking on his head and he's oh. screaming is brilliant. Oh. We're the sticky bandits. I don't even want to think about the tarantula scene. Like, if somebody did that to me, like, you'd need new carpet. Like, no. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. He was so good in those movies. Um, and, you know, he didn't really do a ton. I mean, he's, he's done stuff, but he's never really, like, the big name character. Uh, I remember seeing him in a movie, and I can't remember the name of it, but it, he played uh, a scout guide. Oh, you're oh oh bushwhacked, dude! That bushwhacked. was so such a funny movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> and and I liked. Uh, he was also in that movie. I always loved to rave about it, but uh, very bad things. Uh, oh, that yeah. bachelor party movie, and 
that you know there are some other classics like City Slickers and Celtic Pride. That That's right. I don't know if you and me would have been super into Celtic Pride, but no, I like Celtic Pride where he and Dan Aykroyd uh, yeah. kidnapped a Celtics player. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, moving on, David he was the Fincher. voice of Dilbert. Oh. In the cartoon, Dilbert? Yeah, he's the voice of Dilbert. That's awesome. Huh. I had no idea. That's so cool. Uh, now I'll move on. David Fincher, <laughs> one of the greatest directors of our time, gave us seven. Gave oh. us uh, The Social Network, which we just talked about. Gave us The Girl with Dragon Tattoo, Gone Girl. Gone Girl, yeah. Uh, Netflix Mindhunter, which is fantastic. Two seasons. Uh, I love Mindhunter. Fight Club. Like, come on. Dude's one of the, the better directors of our time. Love and Robot, or Love... Dude, it... he did Perfect Circle Judith. Yes, he also did a lot of music that videos. That is my favorite like music video of a Perfect Circle, and thank you so much for that. I did not realize he did that. And then, uh, you know, Netflix is Love and Robots, I think is what it's called. Uh-huh. Uh, he did oh, that. I like that a lot. Oh. That sh- that was a great uh, show. I can't wait for the next season. So uh, thank you, David Fincher, and happy birthday. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and then last uh, last two people we got here, August 29th, Carla Gugino, who we talked about uh, a minute ago being in Spy Kids. She was also the Silk Spectre in Watchmen. That's right. And yes. uh, otherwise known as Sally Jupiter. And then she was also the love interest of Polly Shores in Son-in-Law. <laughs> Chubby cheeks, Becca. I just found out that originally the producers of Bill and Ted wanted um, uh, wanted Polly Shore to play Alex Winter's character what? in Bill and Ted. What? Oh, you mean originally, like before they originally, cast like before they cast this, them. I thought you meant for this sequel, and I'm like, that would no, make no, 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 sense. no, 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 no. They wanted them for the original <laughs> Bill and Ted. Uh, originally, they were supposed to be 15-year-old uh, nerds that were picked on a bunch. That's they pretty cool. Short to play that character. I'm glad they went a different way because I love Alex Winter. But We'll uh, talk about all of that stuff next week, of course, when we yeah, do the Bill and Ted episode. Yeah. So, sorry. Um, next up, we have, or last up, is uh, rest in peace Joel Schumacher, who, of course, directed Batman Forever, Batman and Robin... Um, tons of stuff phone booth bad company yeah I mean he did so many things throughout our our lives that we're just so grateful for I mean Lost Boys I mean you you can't oh my gosh Lost Boys why would I not even my mind didn't even go to Lost Boys and I don't know why and that makes me very upset because I I knew you'd be upset if we didn't talk about it so that's why I had to Uh, say it (laughs) Schumacher to me though like later in his life became like Michael Bay in the way that it was explosions and big action sets and stuff. Uh-huh. So, uh, and, and we may, uh, this this Saturday, or actually it'd be last Saturday for you guys, we may have a trailer for, um, for Joel Schumacher's director's cut of Batman Forever. But we'll talk about that in our special episode that will be airing on either Sunday or Monday. Um, that will be all about the DC fandom on... Saturday, where I'm sure that I will tell Mark all of the cool things happening and he'll be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, let's move on to the news. Here's here's something that really pisses me off, Mark. Uh, It really grinds my gears. Why are they remaking The Exorcist? You want to know why? 
money. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's what I call milking the tit or teat. Uh, yeah, and uh, but... I'm just like, I'm sorry, like, leave things alone. You know they're iconic. Make something that is an homage to it, but stop ripping things off and trying to put pretty actresses and actors into those roles and expecting it's going to be a good remake. That's, that movie is still scary. Yeah. That movie is still scary. It is still one of those movies that if you put on... I don't want to watch the scene of her walking backwards down the stairs. Yep, and I don't want like, to see her head spin around backwards. That is like mm. that is her picture of her screaming in the demon makeup is still the quintessential picture that pops up in those stupid scary videos where they like yep. stare at this thing and then it pops up. She is still scary. That yep. movie is still terrifying. It does not need a remake. There is nothing that you can freaking do that will make that movie any better. There is absolutely nothing and if you blow me away okay whatever i'll yeah. eat my words but i don't think there is anything that you could do to the exorcist to make it any better it doesn't need cgi those practical effects are fantastic yeah the 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 era that it's set in works for it perfectly the it only is, thing that it uh that may be done better is the uh little flashes of uh you know the white faces that in the dark like they would yes. it's just just for a frame that you see right. it um, maybe that would be the only thing, but those were still creepy and scary yes. and I don't need anything better. So again, please leave the classics alone. There are some movies that I can say, go ahead and remake, go ahead and try to see if you can do better because it was sure. fun. I'd like to see it done better than it was. This is not one. This is not one. But we'll see it in 2021. Apparently that's when they're saying it's coming out. So, um, aye, aye. next well, year. Well, I hope that they do it justice. God, I can only hope that they do, but just these remakes of horror films have not been great. Yeah, well, yeah. and then they put in people who really can't deliver the lines the same way as they were in the original, and they fall flat. And it doesn't matter how much money and how much technology uh, improvements you've had since the movie was originally released, you're not going to deliver it better than the first time. Well, and most of these exorcism movies don't really do the whole thing justice. Like, if you're going to yeah. give me an exorcism movie, like The Exorcist, go full force. Go absolute crazy. Show me everything that makes it tick. Why did the demon come? Why did it possess that person? What's the point of this? Is there another higher power at stake? Like, uh, the Exorcist television series mm -hmm. did it perfectly. Two perfect seasons i was so involved with that show i, well, I loved avoided it. it because of what we're talking about but i'll check oh, it out i loved it two perfect seasons um that i could have seen more of and uh, you need to watch it because i'm not going to spoil anything because actually the big twists are awesome i digress it's that show was great that was the only thing the the sequels and eh, i hear three is pretty good um but i never really saw them and then the ones they made, like, in the 2000s, they tried to do, like, the Exorcist prequel movie, and they tried to do, like, an almost remake, but not quite remake, so... Anyway, we'll move on. Um, one of my favorite games that I played, Mark, in 2016 was called Firewatch. Hmm. And it's this game where basically this guy goes out to become a Firewatchman, like the guys in those big uh, towers in the forest and he, he watches out and he, he goes around and makes sure people aren't doing anything stupid and uh, this is it's a it, it, they call it kind of a walking simulator 
mostly it's about the story, like mm-hmm. what's going on and what's happening. And there's some really creepy and weird things, not scary, but just kind of like weird. There's some creepy stuff. There's some romance stuff. I'm excited to see what they can do with a the movie. They're actually working with the game studio that made it. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. They're just making a movie and it's in production now. And I just want to talk about that because I really enjoyed that game. It was a really fun it kept me very involved in 2016 when I didn't have a child and responsibilities weren't as weren't as big as they are now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's one that you'll find interesting, uh, and because we've talked about it before, my eyes were just very large right before you said that. <laughs> Kevin Smith uh, has said that he has a story for Tusk Two. Oh my god! So it's going to take place like six or seven years later, with like real time, and. Um, it's Wallace, who was played by uh, 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 Justin Long. Justin Long, thank you. Wallace, played by Justin Long. He uh, apparently he is able to break free of his walrus husk, which of course is partially his body and bones. Right. Uh, uh, it's said, actually all except for a few skin pieces. Yeah, and so Kevin Smith says he like breaks through it all in this like really. It's supposed to be like a really gross body horror scene. Um, and the, you know, he's put back together basically, you know, human like, and, uh, he, he comes, he has to try to come to terms with it. And, um, can he really be human after being a walrus for so long? And, uh, he starts doing the same thing that the guy did to him and, and experimenting on people. See, now and, that is a great horror premise and it's original yes. and, there's a little bit of horror comedy element to it, but uh, but it, but it's really maniacal. If you watch that movie, the original killer is very maniacal, and it's again something where he was kind of stripped of his humanity because of his isolation. Oh, my, and, Michael Parks made that movie though. Yeah, totally. He's just like, such a, a great narrator because he was always rest telling in stories. peace, Michael Parks. Yes. Um, you know that movie was based on a, a semi-true story of the fact that there was a man out in Canada who used to hang out with walruses at a research station, and so he had a walrus costume, and he would allow he wanted to hire someone to come sit in the walrus costume and be a walrus with him for a couple hours a day. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, he obviously didn't actually make people into a walrus, but uh, I recommend Tusk. Like, it's one of those really weird films, and you're either going to hate it or love it. Yeah. it's So if you want something that's like, um, you know, like today's horror movies, you're not going to like it. If you're looking for something that's really going to kind of take you off the deep end, like a classic horror movie would do, and something original, I say go. It's also a dark comedy. That's stuff. Exactly. That's funny. Whenever he uh, turns just along into the walrus, and he's like yelling at him, and he like it zooms in on the face, yeah, and he's like, yeah. oh! "Oh, that made me laugh." I, I hate it too because it's just like, "Oh," but it's also like, you know, it's like a. It's, it's kind of like zooming humor in. though too. It's exactly, like, you, you know, he's trying to be funny. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm excited if he actually makes Tusk Two, but please finish your other films first. But it seems like uh, Tusk Two, I don't think would be very funny. I think that the second one is going to be actually scary, you know. I want to. I want to know: Does the girlfriend keep coming visiting him for the next seven years, or does so. she eventually, or does she eventually stop coming to visit yeah. him? You know what I bet happens? I bet you. Well, because for one, it's a lot for her at the end of the movie. She, yeah. but she doesn't want to leave him alone. 
But I think eventually she tries to move on. Yeah. And that's what motivates him to come back out of yes, the shell. Probably. But he just can't do it. He's just too far gone. And does does his best friend Haley Joel Osment come visit him? Yes. Like, and he rubs the, it in his face. Like he knows. Like everyone right, don't they all know like that they that she's kind of been cheating? Yeah. Oh god. Uh anyway, so I would like to see that. Uh so it's Thursday. Uh, as always, when we're most well, mostly always when we're recording these. Next, uh, so this Saturday, the twenty second. So for you passengers, it will have been last Saturday. And we just kind of talked about this too. DC Fandom happens. So August twenty second, we're gonna do a special. We, we at first I was thinking let's record this segment on Sunday, and then we'll talk about the stuff. But no, there's probably gonna be so much that happened that we can pull a whole uh, half hour or so of an episode on there. So. Be on the lookout, but DC Fandom is this huge thing. They're actually going to make it like you're a little person, you have an avatar, and you're actually walking around the, the halls. So oh. they've, built, they've built all of the halls. They've built the, the Hall of Justice, or the Hero, Hall of Heroes is what they're calling it. That's going to be the main area where you see all the stuff. And it's all going to be, you know, look around and all that stuff. You're going to use hotkeys on your, like the WASD to walk around and the, you know, all that. You can go on to their website right now and fill out the schedule so you'll have a schedule of what you want to see. So we'll get the Batman, we'll get Wonder Woman, we'll get Shazam, we'll get Black Adam, we'll get... Um, did I say the Batman already? Because <laughs> I'm excited for that. We'll get Zack Snyder's Justice League. Just tons of DC stuff that's coming out soon uh, or in the next few years. So we're going to get all that. This is going to be bigger than Comic-Con because Comic-Con this year was totally awful. Um, so this is exciting. They're actually doing this. So beforehand, uh, you know, they've been releasing teasers and stuff. So they showed like The Rock inside a temple. So that's like, oh yeah, The Rock is definitely still going to play back Black Adam. Like, hell yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, today, Zack Snyder released a little clip. Um, another little clip it, snippet from uh, Justice League. It's just, how does this, these little snippets that he's showing... How are they better than a whole film? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how are they right. better than a whole... I can't wait to see the trailer. And um, and then we got Matt Reeves uh, put out a Jim Lee poster uh, that's draw- a drawing of um, of Robert Pattinson in the Batsuit. But we also see a... Um, we saw the logo for the Batman, which is like a reddish uh, block, the Batman. And uh, inside the middle of the the Batman it's the the bat symbol that's on Pattinson's chest which is made of what we think or what I don't know if it's been confirmed or not but are the guns or the gun that killed uh, his parents so um, it's pretty exciting that we're getting all these teases I know that they're kind of teasing Kristen Wiig's transformation uh, to become Cheetah in Wonder Woman so uh, I'm pretty excited for Saturday pretty excited to be able to look around those halls uh, on the computer I wish that we could actually be there in person, but yeah, me too. Um, it, maybe next year or the year after or something, we'll our podcast will blow up and we'll have press passes and <laughs> little handheld podcast recorders that we can walk around with. Oh heck yeah! I think I already have one, uh, so that'd be awesome. Uh, it'd be really fun. Invite us, DC. We'd love to come. Please. Anyway, that's that's the news. Let's hear from uh, a new sponsor. Hey, Mark. Comic books. <laughs> what? 
We don't have a sponsor, so I just thought we should tell people to keep uh, shopping at their local comic books to keep... Shut up the piss! Hey, Mark? Comic books. What? We don't have a sponsor, but people should keep... Today, Junior! Today, Junior! Okay, I got it, I got it. I'm going to do this one. Cool. Hey, Mark. Comic books. <laughs> uh, what? We don't have a sponsor, but people should keep their local comic book shops alive. Heck yeah! Go out and buy comics or graphic novels from your local shops. Thanks for keeping the nerd dream alive. Thanks, everyone. Yay! All right, we're at the uh, totally unedited, totally raw, totally live portion of our episode. It is the elevator pitch where... We give ideas, we give three words to one of us, and this time it'll be Mark, and the three random words we find on a random word generator, and he has to create a pitch for a movie, like we're in an elevator with a producer, and it's like 30 seconds, but maybe one day we'll beat the 15 second time, which would be kind of fun. But I don't know if we're ever going to get there, but maybe someone will. They'll have the, oh, but I got one, and I got one, two, two, do I hear two, do I hear three? And you know, that type of idea. <laughs> <laughs> but we're more like, let's think about something clever and go. But uh, Mark, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So I've got three random words for you that I just pulled up. We got service. We got bin, like B-I-N. And we got iceberg. Huh. This is extremely random. <clears throat> and I'm like just stuck on Titanic because of iceberg. <laughs> I was just like, no, no. All right, we're going to go with it because I can't get anything else. Uh, all right, cool. So this is an offshoot story from the Titanic just after hitting the iceberg. Now, as you know, there was not enough room for everybody in the lifeboats. A lot of people were stranded in the water, right? Well, there is a serviceman who survives. Not only does he survive the uh, wreckage itself, but they forget him in the water. They don't pick him up. Like, they, they, I guess they assume he's deceased or who knows. But anyways, he survives by getting into a bin, uh, like a trash receptacle and is able to sail his way back to North America, or rather, to his first destination, in this bin, and it's the tales of surviving a storm and creatures trying to eat him while he's floating in this bin. <laughs> That's funny. Ah, I can see that God, one. that was it, hard. <laughs> but I, I could definitely see it working. See, my brain didn't go to iceberg. My brain went to iceberg lettuce. Okay. And so okay. I was thinking of, you know, a restaurant uh, creator <laughs> creates creates service bin iceberg salad. <laughs> that's, that's, that's been done. It's the American pickle. <laughs> <laughs> or, or ratatouille or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. These, these things are hard, guys. I mean, I, I challenge y'all passengers to come out here, or not come out here, but to uh, come on with us one day and try your hand at a at a 
at an elevator pitch. Or just uh, video record you and a friend doing this with each other and oh, send yeah. them on in. And we'd love to pick our, our favorites of your submissions. And uh, maybe we'll post them on our uh, online profiles like Facebook or Instagram. That'd be really fun. So I just want to shout out to this next episode. We did talk about it, but we're doing Bill and Ted episode or uh, doing Bill and Ted part one and part two. So excellent, excellent and bogus. adventure and bogus journey. And uh, we're going to talk about those in depth. Uh, it's going to be fun because we've got two movies to do. Yeah. Uh, but it's not a, it's not a, uh, you know, for me sometimes it'd be like, oh, if Mark said let's do two movies, and I look at the movies uh, that we pick, I'd be like, oh god, this is gonna be hard. Yeah. But those movies, I could just pop it on, and I know them word for word, and yep. and you know, they're just and the music is so fantastic in both of them, and they're both totally. It's not like watching a part one and then watching part two, and part two is kind of just the same formula. Part two just does something totally different, and I love that about that. Yes. So. I'm excited to talk about those. And then, guys, it's just going to be two weeks of Bill and Ted because we're doing Bill and Ted 1 and 2. And then Mark and I are going to watch Bill and Ted face the music. And right. we're, going to come, we're going to come at you that next week talking about that. Super, super duper excited um, to bring those to you and talk more about them and, uh, you know, have a little bit of a history lesson, if you will. We're going to uh, break out our hazmat suits and head down to Alamo Draft House. Just kidding. <laughs> Oh man, we would oh, love man. if we could attend Alamo Draft House though with this pandemic. Uh, maybe maybe we'll be lucky and they'll be showing it at uh, Coyote Drive-in and we can just go and do that. That would be great. All right, fellow passengers, that concludes our episode for today and this week. We hope to see you back next week. And as always, I'm Danny and I'm Mark. And in case we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs>